0: Filtered News. Real News. Well, it's uh, noon in New York. It's 11 a.m. in Chicago. And it's in the morning, late morning, out on the Pacific Coast. Uh, Welcome to Tori Says with me, Tori. Um, My new time, obviously, is between 12 and 2 Eastern Time, where I will be discussing everything that is going on in the political landscape, and not just here in the United States, but globally. There's a lot to talk about today, and I know a lot of us were expecting a lot to come out of the Clinton hearing yesterday, Which at some point I was sitting down watching it on my phone and I wanted to throw it against the wall. You know, we can discuss things like the cancellation of the White House party for the press. And uh, let's talk Yemen. So, where do we start? Where do we start with all of this? I mean, you know, now they're in another plan to try to undermine the democratic process of the election of President Donald J Trump. Now they're going to start saying that the inauguration and the whole, you know, event was a quid pro quo type scenario. We this is this is just insane. Like what's next? What is next? Just to to start, let's just talk about this White House press party, okay? So they're really, really salty about him canceling it. I've actually been doing research to find out which president, which corrupt president, was the first one to hold a White House Christmas party for the press. I mean, why would the White House host a party for the press? The press isn't supposed to be the White House's friend. They're not supposed to be their enemy. They're supposed to be the press. They're supposed to be impartial. Why are we wooing them? Why are we bringing them into politics? Their job is not to dictate policy, drive policy, or make recommendations on policy. Their job is to literally be a parrot and reiterate facts, something that we don't see. So I'm all for the cancellation of a White House Christmas party for the press. You know, they're salty, though, because there are some people that are members of the press that are being invited. So, you know, if Hannity, who's actually, you know, very close with our president, is invited, oh, he's just picking press that's, um, you know, favorable to him. No, that's not the way it goes. He's just having a Christmas party. I won't invite someone whose job it is to report the news in my house. Hannity's not going over there to report on the White House. He's going there to have some great food, great time, and have some drinks. Not stir up controversy. I mean, come on. Remember the last Christmas party? We had Joy Villa come out and say, so and so, you know, grab my butt, Lewandowski. Like this false claim, you know, a victim, let's say. I mean, they just stir drama. We don't need them in the White House. They should not be in the White House. That's quid pro quo, paying for your media. And that's what previous administrations have done. I mean, we've seen from all these leaks and all this evidence that they're literally feeding narratives to the papers. And, you know, when I was doing my homework yesterday to read up on the Department of Treasury, right? So the Treasury, wow, has so much to tell us, and they're not telling anyone anything. But what I saw in there is the FBI, when creating narratives, and substantiating their notions or uh, their investigations are using articles in the press. What? How is a report by the New York Times proof of something? How is a report in the Washington Post proof of something? These are the same people that are telling us that there are no two genders, that there's like 20. 20. These are the same people telling us that, you know, there's global warming, yet we're in a mini ice age right now. How are we, like, where have we come to? It feels as if, you know, people are not understanding simple, basic things. Basic things is your press shouldn't have an opinion. They shouldn't. If they have an opinion, they should be comment, you know, pundits or commentators like myself. They shouldn't be considered, you know, uh, the impartial press when they're advocating for things. I mean, we saw that with Jim Acosta uh, claiming that they're people seeking asylum and they're not so many and they're not violent and that we must because, you know, this is cruel or really no one asked for your opinion. Your job as the press is to ask questions and get answers. It's not to drive policy or tell us how we're supposed to move forward, kind of like with this whole Khashoggi mess, which I want to get into later on in the show, because I am very well versed on oil and energy relations within the Middle East, because when I break it down to you. Just so you can see what is really going on with Saudi Arabia, what is really going on with Yemen, what is really going on with Turkey, you'll be like, oh, well, no one's reporting that. Yeah, why would they? It's kind of like how they didn't report that there was a Russian national who was working at our U.S. embassy in Moscow that had access to all American citizen information and Secret Service detail who was colluding with the Clinton campaign, specifically through Nellie Orr, providing her information so that way they can, uh, you know, create this Russian narrative. No one talked about that. No one talked about it because that happened in 2017. And there was an honorable mention in 2018. No one talked about how the U.S. ambassador in Moscow, John Taft, was fired. He was so salty, though, with his op-ed. No one talked about it because it doesn't fit their narrative. Today, actually, I was putting together a piece that I'm writing, and I was looking for a specific video. So I went to YouTube, right, just like everybody does, and you just put in what you want. And I was thinking, um, oh, let me search for a um, compilation of, uh, you know, Trump's never going to be president. And I kid you not, because I had a friend of mine on the phone and I was like, just go to YouTube, go into the YouTube search bar and put it. You will not find YouTubers that have created their own videos. You will see hits like CNN. They've, so on the heels of this Google hearing, they've already applied this censorship on on YouTube. If you don't know the YouTuber you are looking for, you will not find them. They will be buried on the fifth or sixth page. They've already started to roll that out, so you can't even see the videos you want to see. It's incredible, right? And this is the press that's crying that they're not going to be fed and and, and watered with our tax money when they've done nothing for for the public. They've done nothing but create – This sense of fear, this sense of, you know, that they're justice warriors, you know, none of them are news. None of them. What they're doing is telling you how to think. They're telling you what is right and what is wrong according to them. You are not allowed to think. Dare you think, you know, that's a big deal. And I think that's where they didn't bank on it. You know, when when they went all in, they went all in, you know, for Hillary Clinton to become president. Because this criminal organized network, this mafia that we have that runs our country, this government within the government giving more substantiation to the name Foggy Bottom, uh, you know, they are just incredibly angry right now because— The fact that this criminal, you know, organization that has been running us for decades expands overseas. This is why we're seeing a a ripple effect where people in Europe are suddenly starting to wake up. And, you know, all these people, and I don't want to call any of my listeners stupid, but, you know, whatever, Bottom line is, look who is advocating to limit your speech. Look who is advocating for socialism. It's not the people that don't have money. It's not the people that are small business owners and working. It's the 1%. That 1% that has a lot of money tells you, you don't need to work, we'll take care of you. So that way, that, that there's a big gap between them and you, and yet, for some reason, people think that oh they're, they're they're advocating for me, no, they're not they're advocating for themselves, if it was in their benefit that you Uh, succeed, that you are able to uh, create your own business, to work for yourself, to get, uh, you know, uh, an education and contribute to society, because that's the goal of every person is to, you know, uh, grow up, uh, get a job that they enjoy doing. So make it a career and love what you do. So that way you can contribute to society and contribute to your species by reproducing. The top 1% is trying to eliminate uh, your uh, want and your drive to A, succeed, B, contribute to society other than just existing, and C, now they're trying to contribute to, hey, you really don't need to reproduce. Yeah, they're doing that. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, uh, years ago, if a woman was pregnant, they'd fire her. Well, that depends on the woman. If she was useless, yeah, they'd fire her. I'm sorry. I'm a woman. I had my first child when I was 22. Yes, but I had a job and I had a career and I was okay with it. And, you know, things just happen sometimes, right? I am totally anti-abortion. You know, it's murder, period. That's my opinion. You don't like it. That's okay. And usually the women that are crying, saying I'm pro-choice, are the ones that have already committed murder and are feeling guilty. So, you know, women are the masters of their own destiny, just like men are. For anyone to say, because I'm a woman, I get paid less, is ridiculous. I didn't see it. I've never had that kind of response. Maybe it's because I'm a person that takes control of her own destiny. And if I see that Joe Schmo next to me is doing the same job as me and getting paid more, you better believe it. I'm going to open my mouth and say something. So just to, to, to reiterate, I've been like looking at all these responses, uh, specifically April Ryan who was so upset, you know, saying that she didn't care that the, t- you know, she, she didn't care that the White House press Christmas party was canceled because she wasn't going to go anyway. You know, it's the one that CNN boycotted last year, you know, as if it's going to hurt us. But bottom line is, thank you, President Trump. You just saved us tax money. We don't need to throw parties for people like that. We don't need to throw parties for people who pretend to be the impartial press. The press should be impartial the pundits and the commentators like myself are the ones that express their opinion and discuss views you know i'm i'm actually quite objective i am a critic of the president uh, obviously not on many fronts because you know he's he's been doing a great job though i can say uh, there's many times that I'm thinking, like, what is he thinking? Like, when McMaster and, and, and now Barr and Newt, really? You know, I'll I'll call him out. I'll be like, what are you thinking? Probably he has another plan, whatever. But for me, it's kind of like, what? You know, he says things um, that I'd be like, ooh, you shouldn't have said it. But you know what? If I was him, I'd probably say it too. Because I'm not a person that censors my speech to appease other people. Uh, you don't like what you hear? You just keep going. You don't lo- like what I tweet? Just scroll on by. That's the way it should be because this is all about free speech. Censorship is incredible, right? I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's incredible. The censorship, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. See, in the past decades, decades, they've been censoring information. They've been siphoning just enough truth so that they can build it. Uh, the saying goes that the best lie is based on a truth. The mainstream media isn't giving you lies 100%. They're giving you, you know, 50% lies. And then 25% of that is uh, their opinion because they're biased because they're part of this organized criminal network. This is what our president is dealing with, an organized criminal network, a mob, a mafia. And every single president before him was the godfather. You know, Reagan wasn't the godfather. That's why they were going to take him out. They had Bush sitting on the sidelines to take over. You know, they've done it before. Like I've said many times before, Abraham Lincoln we will go back to, you know, Garfield. This has happened before. You either comply with the mob or you're out. And right now, I can't even fathom being President Trump. He is under attack like nobody's business. Attacked from every single angle you can imagine. Like... I could pretty much picture him, you know, sitting in his bedroom ready to go to bed and thinking twice about drinking that glass of water next to his bed. It's at, it's to that point. Because they have been relentless. It's been two years. Like, when are they going to get over it? You lost. This man is going to give control back to the people and deal with it. Instead, they're going all in. They're just adding more and more like they're trying every angle. First, he colluded with Russia. What did he collude with? Well, we don't know yet. We're going to figure out. So the collusion point was what to undermine our democracy. Well, what are you doing? You are undermining our democracy because you are saying that all these millions of Americans, legal voters, voted for him, and they shouldn't have, and you know better? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't care what anyone says Hillary got the popular vote. We all know it was a fix. This midterm election showed us just how far they go. So imagine how big of a fix it was in 2016. So just imagine how many more votes President Trump had. That's all you have to think about. So... Bottom line is, when they say that he's undermining our democracy for colluding with Russia, when they have no proof of collusion because Russia wanted Hillary in, that was the plan. Russia has every single piece of dirt our president would love to have on Hillary Clinton, specifically in regards to the Uranium One deal and what's going on in Venezuela and about Benghazi. You know, there's so many people that have so much on her. But, you know, there's a rule in gangs, right? You don't flip on your mate. And so there's not a lot of people that will flip on her. But I can assure you that the time is coming where they will. Uh, it's been, you know, sources say that Putin uh, is anticipating his next meeting with President Trump to provide him some very important information. And that could also be a report of interrogating the Russian National that was working within our U.S. Embassy for over a decade, that was providing information to the FBI, or um, let me let me just say what the going narrative is, providing information to Fusion GPS via Nelly Orr whom Perkins Coy paid, whom Perkins Coy paid through a co-mingling account, and see if people aren't paying attention, Robert Bauer, who was President Obama's uh, White House counsel, his specific counsel, and he oversaw uh, the uh, representation of the DNC and OFA, which is Organizing for Action, which used to be Organizing for America, which used to be Obama for America. Uh, He's the one that distributes payments, and he was fired in May of 2018. Do you want to make a bet that Perkins Coy is going to say, well, he was mismanaging and co-mingled the money? Because if you follow the money, I can almost bet my life on it that it was Obama's money that paid for that Fusion GPS. I guarantee you. And the DNC was funding that. And that's why they fired him. Because they fired him in 2018. Remember, this all happened in 2016. So again, here's another instance where our president is 100 steps ahead of them. 100 steps ahead of them, he already knows, he's already dealing with it, and unfortunately, the press is not telling us. Kind of like that Russian national, I'm circling back to it, because you know what, that wasn't reported. Why? Because it wasn't suitable, but someone leaked it to the press a year later, after it happened, Uh, You know, could it be that someone from the Trump administration or the Trump camp, you know, try to feed that in so people can start paying attention? But guess how much traction it got? Zero. How much traction did Huber get? Zero. But yesterday, when the Clinton um, Foundation hearing was happening, all they could talk about is, let's investigate Trump's organizations and let's investigate uh, Whitaker's. What? Wait stay on topic. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the Clinton Foundation. This is what I have. Why are we talking about other foundations? They were just constantly changing the conversation, going back. Again, our president, 20 steps ahead. Huber was not supposed to go there yesterday. He's got more. Because unfortunately, for the deep state, for this mafia, this D.C. mafia, he's already got the goods. And Huber... Doesn't have one specific scope. Jeff Sessions only confirmed that the questions that were asked fall within his scope. His scope could be from A to Z. His scope could be maybe investigating the U.S. Treasury. You know, because it always, you know, how do they catch mobsters? How do they arrest them? They catch them for what? Money, right? It's uh, IRS, tax evasion, whatever, right? They never get them on the murders, on the actual crimes they do, the drug dealing, the bootlegging, whatever it is. How much you want to make a bet that we've got the goods already? Because there's people sitting there, oh, he's going to be impeached. For what? For what? You have people calling him, oh, look, he paid this slut, you know, money, and, you know, he did that with campaign funds. So what if he did? And let me ask you, what kind of lawyer records his client? Never, because that is against, you know, the the rules that govern the ethics that attorneys have. No attorney will record their client. So when I hear people saying, well, I'm a little bit worried, they're going, it doesn't matter what you're a little bit worried. You have to be there and understand that everything will work out in the end. Trust in that. Trust that there is still a bit of hope, even though they own everything. This organized criminal organization literally Owns everything. They own the media. They own the internet. They own, uh, you know, our Justice Department. Uh, They own everything. So all you have to do is trust that we're following the money correctly, that this will all come to an end in a nice way, and that it'll all end up. With someone behind bars. I mean, uh, I've said it before. We need patience. There's a lot of people who are like, come on, we've got to get something done. Something has to be done here, and we need to focus. We need to get uh, someone in jail. We need something. Yeah, we do. I agree. We do. But it can't happen right now. I mean, yeah, you know what? President Trump throws a bone. Just block someone up. Maybe Comey. Uh, You know, we need to get this done. Just to throw a bone to, to the masses, to, to pay attention a little bit more, to get those, you know, that are on the fence and kind of still subscribing to the ideology that, you know, orange man bad and throw them a bone. Let them feel that you are doing something because you are doing things, but people can't see it because the media is not reporting it. And if the media is not reporting it, then it's supposedly not true. Because if, 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 if they were reporting it and it were true, then it would be documented. No one's putting this down. I mean, just think of this. Hillary Clinton uh, and Comey and Michelle and all these people wrote books. Why did they write books? Like, why? Why? I was was Christmas shopping yesterday and I saw Michelle's book, you know, on sale at Target. And I was thinking, why would anyone want to read her book? Like, what does she have to say? These are mobsters infiltrating even our historical records by, you know, writing these books. Remember, uh, the new thing that's happening now is that Amazon is choosing what can be published and what doesn't. They're telling people, uh, it's an open marketplace and we sell books and we do this, but we get to pick. Again, what are these called? Trusted flaggers? That's what we call the thought police now, right? Isn't that how it was coined at the Google hearing? So now they're removing books. This is literally book burning. They're removing books so that people can't access information. So books are hard copies. You can't change it, right? But And unlike the Internet or digital copies, you could just click delete and no one sees it, or you bury it somewhere in some, you know, uh, disconnected URL so no one can access it. This is how you control thought. This is how you control b- b- speech in general. Because your free speech isn't just what you say. It's what you can see, what you can read, what you can access, and what you can discuss. That's all falling under free speech, which actually means free thought, if you think about it. So think about that while I head to a break. Think about free thought, and then let's get into this whole uh, Yemen vote by the Senate and talk Khashoggi.
5: Hey, this is Leonora Crovota from Red State Talk Radio for my pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack. Special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call one 800 961 9194 and ask for promo code RED State. That's one 800 961 9194 Promo code RED State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For
0: the best night's sleep in the whole wide world,
1: visit mypillow.com.
0: Welcome back. So we stop with free thought, right? What free speech is, is literally the, the ability to think freely. Well, how many times has it been said that they bank on our ability to forget? I'm going to read you a quote, and this is John Kerry speaking in 2016. In Yemen, we face the Houthi insurgency and the ongoing threat that is posed by Al-Qaeda Threats to the territorial integrity of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. We have made it clear that we stand with our friends in Saudi Arabia, end quote. That is John Kerry. John Kerry said that when he was at the Royal Air Base in Riyadh, talking about Yemen. So let's talk Yemen, because it's not about Yemen, it's about Khashoggi, it's about Both. And I'll tell you why Khashoggi plays into this and you can see and it'll make total sense to you because no one is going to break it down. So... A couple weeks ago, I had maybe over a week and a half where I was just talking about how uh, the European Union, uh, Turkey and Russia and this oil, you know, um, push and pull, how they have these pipelines that are being built, how some of them have just been done. And this is where they're having problems. Now, for those of you that haven't heard those, here's the recap. Turkey as a country is like the kid that nobody wants to play with on the playground. The Arab nations don't acknowledge them. The European Union doesn't acknowledge them. <clears throat> and Basically, they're just a conglomerate of stolen other countries. I mean, they've done this before. Uh, they are the Ottomans. They are the ones that were, you know, what were referred to as the, you know, barbarians, uh, you know, the Ottomans that would just come in and slaughter and take over. And, you know, they were very successful in the 1400s because that's when the world, especially the Western world, was becoming a little bit fluffy, Even the Kingdom of Greece became so fluffy. They were like, yeah, we need to let more people into our country. We need to expand our borders. We don't need religion to uh, be so into things. We need to expand. And guess what happened? They became slaves, of course, for 400 years. (laughs) And, you know, then they had a revolution in the 1800s. Uh, You know, the Armenians tried that too. A lot of people did. So where am I getting with this? Turkey is the kid that nobody wants to play with, but Turkey has all the uh, money balls in their court, let's say. If you actually just pretty much go to DuckDuckGo and put in um, Turkish uh, gas pipelines and then go to images, it'll pop up the map of Turkey, and it'll show you Eurasia in general, and it'll show you that they have almost like they're the center of all these pipelines meeting. And the pipelines go from Iran to Turkey and then spread out to the European Union. Uh, Or they're coming in from Russia in two different directions and feeding into Turkey and then going again back to the European Union because it's not like Russia is giving oil to Iran, right? But here's the deal. Turkey, okay, had made a deal with Oman for a pipeline. Now, this is where Saudi Arabia was like, yo, Oman, what are you doing? Like, they're funneling the European Union, and they're going to bleed you dry. You've seen this movie before. What are you doing? So that is where Saudi Arabia started to be like, mm, I don't know how I feel about Oman right now. I don't trust them. Like, why would they, you know, do this? This is just, this is just bare bones. I'm trying to dumb it down. Now, geographically, what country is next to Oman? We've got Yemen, you know, hanging out there. Uh, We've got Saudi Arabia, right, hanging out there. So basically, this is how they are, um, you know, filtering oil from these countries and sending it back to who? The European Union, you know, which is an extension of this organized criminal network that our country subscribes to. And like I said yesterday, the banker for these people is USAID because if we look at the books – USAID has provided so much money to yemen it's ridiculous. They um are supposedly helping with uh, families with um food and um, other needs and they're promoting democracy and reactivating full development programs that should help political you know bring security uh, and political stability like wait a minute what So we've got USAID in Yemen bleeding money. Uh, The person responsible that you would contact for the Yemen USAID, if anyone's interested in giving a call, is some lady named Laura McAdams. Um, And she is, you know, down at uh, Foggy Bottom. She's at the State Department. And you can, you know, ask her or email her at yemendesk at USAID.gov and say, why are you funding the Houthis? What are you doing? Because that's exactly what's going on, and the reason it's going on is about oil. Again, here we go again with people not understanding what is going on. You know, uh, people are saying that there's a dirty war happening, and that you know Yemen has every right to be owned by the European Union. But you know, uh, with, with nations like the Arab, you know, nations, there they, they're all they have a long-standing history. So if they see a tool in power, you know, they're just like, stop. You need to kind of collect yourself and not do these things anymore because you're killing it. Now, the Saudi-led forces had intervened uh, in the conflict between, you know, President Hadi and the Houthi rebels at some point, right? And 6,000 Yemenis um, were killed when that happened. 6,000, that's a lot of people. And, you know, uh, they had a naval blockade. It was basically, guys, this was like, this is crazy, right? It's it's a humanitarian catastrophe. But this is how much blood they are willing to spill about oil. See, that's the thing. We have 26 million Yemenis. 26 million. I mean, that's a lot. You know, considering the size, the landmass, that's a lot. So... You know, this has been going on for a while. It's not like it started yesterday or anything like that. But here's where the key point is, and it kicks in with Khashoggi. Turkey has interests. And where did Khashoggi supposedly get murdered and nobody has video and CCTV not there and this uh, audio recording that supposedly was on his iWatch, even though his iWatch wasn't 4G, so that would be impossible, that kind of says that, you know, the crown prince did it. What? What? I mean how – I feel sometimes when people are delivering the news uh, to the masses, they really think people are stupid or that they've lost their capability of uh, making decisions on their own, which is exactly what has happened. People will allow the media to tell them what they should be thinking um, and what they should be doing. That's, That's basically how it is and I, I you know i i don't understand how people you know can't see through that you know uh, the 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 war that saudi arabia has had on yemen um has been considerable in regards to death uh you know and and they've been you know people are coining it as a backdoor strategy i mean uh yemen i think it was in 2014 no it was 2015 uh They had um, spoken in regards to Saudi Arabia's interest in um, building this uh, oil pipeline, right? Uh, He discussed it uh, with the European Union in the the Netherlands. And what happened was it, it was a problem behind the energy politics that's happening because this is where the European Union got back and backed up Yemen, you know, when they made that proposal, when they discussed it. And so, you know, you have to understand that if Turkey succeeds, which is via Iran, right, to create this pipeline that comes into Yemen, the European Union at that point will own own them all. Because what I'm trying to make clear to you is that Turkey's oil access to the Middle East is via Iran, okay, it's via iran and through iran they go to oman and then through oman they go to yemen do you see so they're trying to siphon out oil from these uh arab nations and it's the european union and turkey is putting the front is it coincidental that you know now we've 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 demonized saudi arabia with this you know uh Reporter that's not an American, never was a you know resident like a legal resident or anything like that in our country. They're using him that the Turkish people put up. Right? The Turkish people told us about it, we would never have known about it, no one would have talked about it. But the Turkish people admittedly, self admittedly said that they funded the campaign for people to learn about Khashoggi. So the president of Turkey has funded and thrown money into making sure that the people of the world knew about Khashoggi. Because if the people of the world knew about Khashoggi, then Saudi Arabia is a big bad bully and they should leave Yemen alone because, you know, they're defeating the Houthis and this is a big problem and uh, we need the oil and that's it. That's basically it. It's all about oil. And they are using people's feelings and inability to discern facts from fiction to peddle this Khashoggi thing. Khashoggi is nothing but a tool. A tool to use against Saudi Arabia because now that Donald Trump is president— They know that he will call it out. I'm surprised he hasn't said, well, you know, Khashoggi died in Turkey. All right. Uh, Well, Turkey's got a bit of a problem because they won't be able to extend their pipeline into Yemen. Because Saudi Arabia has that arrangement. Saudi Arabia, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, who's Saudi Arabia to collect all the oil from everywhere? Yeah, you're right. Who are they? But they are the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and it was the Arab kingdom. So, you know, it's kind of like, why is the Queen of England collecting monies from, you know, her subjects of the crown and, you know, taking royalties from even Canada, too? Because that's their queen, right? Um, Because she's the queen. So there's your answer. So Saudi Arabia siphons all the oil, not takes it for themselves, but resells it and pays the country's loyalty through them. Because if you actually look at pipelines in Saudi Arabia, you'll see they spider out to every single Arab nation and center in uh, to, to, to their country. And then from there, gets distributed either by boats or other pipelines or resells it or anything. Bottom line is, the European Union wanted a cut, and all they have is Iran left. Iran is the only place, I mean, they have Iraq, and that's why they went into Libya, you know, and now they want to go in through Syria to get it, you know, pay attention, this Khashoggi thing is a sham, I've said it from day one. From day one, I've said Khashoggi is just a tool. They're playing war. I even said, you know, I've written about it. Uh, You can go to TorySays.com and put in the word oil, and it'll pop up with articles. Khashoggi is a tool. And what I'm trying to tell you is that this Senate vote, where we had seven Republicans uh, vote against what the president said, seven of them, Indicates which Republicans are shameless into describing who is an Iranophile and who is a globalist because that's exactly what they are. Either they're just really dumb or they're globalists and they've showed where their loyalties lie. Their loyalties lie in fueling The European Union. Why do you think they don't have sanctions against Iran? Because they're touchy, touchy. Now that President Trump is president, they've got issues with Russia. They can't deal with Russia anymore. They need Iran. Iran is their only source of oil and gas right now, other than them, you know, just using everything from the Ukraine. People are not paying attention to what's really going on. They're just taking the word of clowns like Jake Tapper, uh, you know, that sits there and mouths off. And you're thinking, who is he talking to? Like yesterday, I was watching a former U.S. attorney, former U.S. attorney, no joke sit there and say, you know, Bob Bauer, he's my friend. He's a great guy. I mean, yeah, of course he would send a letter to the FBI saying uh, you can't have the server. We never hand over servers. We just image them somewhere else and then hand that over. Really? So you just admitted that that is normal practice to conceal evidence. This is how dumb they are. And they tell people that. And then you still have people saying, yeah, he's right. And it's like, what do you mean he's right? You either hand over the server or you don't. Because I can image you my server, but you better believe any pictures I have with my kids or any compromising picture I may have or a picture that I'm like, well, a real bad angle gives me double chins is not going to be moved over so that you can have it. Or an email where I'm, you know, complaining to someone, anything that would put me on show or anything criminal, you know, why would she give you criminal information? She's not. She's going to take it off and give you whatever it is she wants you to see. This is what I'm saying. They bank on you, one, not remembering, two, that you're not even going to look into this stuff. I mean, has anyone asked, well, well, why are they at war so long? I mean, you know, they've been fighting for a very long time. But the thing is, when Iran and Oman signed an agreement for the gas pipeline in 2014, and that totally made Saudi Arabia look at Iran, like, uh, look at Oman, like, what, are you doing? Are you insane? We've already talked about this. You know, uh, that's when um, the Hadramut pipeline uh, started to look sexy to Yemen. Yemen was like, well, wait a minute, Oman's going to make all this money sending oil out to Europe through Iran. We want in. It looks sexy. Yes. So the Houthis uh, took control over the government. Right. And then, you know, this bombing campaign started because th- they wanted to get in on this pipeline deal. And, you know, Saudi Arabia is like, well, hold on. We already have pipelines. We're d- how are you not happy? I'm giving you money. Obviously, you know, they're skimming off the top. That's the way kings and queens usually work. So someone might say, well, that's not right. Yeah, it's not right. But it happens. I don't see you complaining about the Queen of England. So unless you're going to be complaining about her, then stop talking about him. You know, don't talk about the king of Saudi Arabia if you're not going to judge the queen of England. OK, that's the bottom line. So just so you guys understand, this all escalated in 2014. The minute Iran and Oman signed the deal of, you know, selling oil. So basically, Oman will, you know, the pipeline will be running to Iran. Iran will be purchasing that oil from them. Then Iran sells that oil that they get from Oman and they send it to Turkey. And then Turkey resells that oil to the European Union. That's basically how it goes. And like I said, Turkey is the central point. Turkey geographically is perfect for Europe. And I guarantee you, and I've said it before, and I'm okay to eat my words. Because I haven't been wrong yet. In the near future, there will be no Turkey. They will make Turkey part of the European Union, so that way they can own uh, the pipeline network that they have. That was the plan all along. Now, did the Turkish officials who signed up for this know this? Maybe. Maybe not. Or maybe they overestimated their ability to say, I'm turning the pipelines off, and it's like, okay, you want to play? You know, because a European doesn't mess about. You know, they take things. You may not hear about it, but they take things. Look what's going on in Paris. You think that's going to stop? People need to pay attention. It gets me so irate when I see people reiterating things about Saudi Arabia. And it's like, do you know what's really going on there? No, you don't. Why are you talking? It would be better if you just read whatever somebody else and say so-and-so reported this. You know, all the 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 talking heads, all the biased media, because none of them are impartial, or like they stuck it to Trump. Yes, they did. They did. They stuck it to Trump. Those seven Republicans stuck it to Trump, and then the other three that were too spineless, including my favorite Democrat, my favorite deep stater, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is the bottom of the barrel for me. And, you know, he may come up sometimes and and give some wind. It's all a facade. Like I said, if you want to look into South Carolina, you know, even look into the Library of Congress seriously and check newspapers from the 1800s, you'll see all the swamp creatures were coming out of South Carolina. But just look at who their campaign manager is for all Republicans in South Carolina. That's all you need to know. That is basically all you need to know. So in regards to Khashoggi, in regards to the vote to pull out our support, you know, it's a big deal. Because we, you know, unfortunately for President Trump, uh, he cannot help Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia does need help. Because if they succeed in, uh, you know, siphoning oil from Yemen and the Houthis succeed in this and this happens – Uh, Indeed, we will have a bigger problem because now we have Yemen, Oman, and Iran uh, funneling oil into the European Union. It's a big deal. I mean, obviously, though, this could go another way, uh, thinking strategy, right? Because I I, I like math. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I um, subscribe to many groups. I'm... I'm actually a self-proclaimed mathematician. I'm really good at mathematics. I dabble in string theory. I try to solve problems that no one's ever solved just for fun. I'm a nerd. I've said it. I own it. I'm okay with it. So considering outcomes, mathematically saying, I think that if this does not stop, if the Houthis succeed, if this happens and Yemen does get this pipeline built with Oman— Turkey, at that point, there'll be a countdown of just a matter of months before they are owned by the European Union. They will stage a coup. They will state um, some murder, some crazy, you know, elaborate thing. I don't know. It could be rape, could be murdering children, could be something about, you know, the regime that now is installed in Turkey and remove them. And for humanitarian purposes, slot in their Goldman Sachs guy, right? Because they always come for some reason whenever there's a uh, a country that fails and, you know, in Iraq and, and, and we, we saw it in, in Libya. Uh, For some reason, Goldman Sachs sends their executives to help them sort out their finances. It's like, why can't it be from, like, I don't know, uh, Navy Federal Credit Union? Why, Why is the financier coming from Goldman Sachs? Why is it a team of them that help and facilitate? Like, who appoints them? Who pays for them? Because I don't think a guy that can come in and restructure a country's economy is doing it for free. So someone is obviously paying these people. You know, they sent them to France. They sent them to Italy. They sent them to Greece. They sent them to Spain and Portugal when people were in soup lines. They sent these guys in there, and it's like who's paying for them? Because we're going to see that, and it's going to be like boop, right again. Because with this Khashoggi deal, I mean, this is why this Khashoggi thing showdown happened in Turkey and why Turkey funded the campaign, again, funded the campaign. Feel free to fact check me. The Turkish government has gone on the record to state that they funded the campaign for people to find out about Khashoggi because at the end of the day, Turkey stands to benefit from it because they have more oil to sell to the EU which means that they get cheaper prices because it's coming Yemen, Oman, Turkey. And this way, it helps the European Union avoid having to deal with Russia, even though two of the major pipelines that feed into their web of pipelines of Europe feed in from Russia. So they're a little bit wary because the relationships they have now with Russia are actually – they have been intensified because I I believe – and this is uh pretty much drawing from what i'm able to see uh from economic factors and statements made by russia is that they've um they've realized that it is a possibility that the united states could be a very powerful ally to their independence Because even though the USSR fell and they became like an independent federation, they weren't really independent. And uh, Putin knows that. They're still under control. Um, You know, the one thing, they became enemies again, uh, you know, when Putin paid off all their debt. You know, Uh, that's something people don't know. The Russian Federation under Putin paid off all the debt of Russia. To the IMF. Again, I'm circling back to tell you the IMF runs the show. They have their own currency, which is exchanging our currencies in regards to their debt. So you need to, you know, if you want to delve into that, that's fine. But, you know, for the statement here that I'm making, the IMF runs the show, and Russia paid off every single piece of debt they had, not only that they had as a country of Russia, but for every former Soviet state, you know, that spun off, like, uh, you know, Lithuania, Estonia, Georgia, all of them. He paid their debt, too. So, at the moment, Russia is the only nation on the planet with zero debt and actually a surplus. So, it was at that point... That Russia was then again seen as an enemy by the Western states of, you know, of Europe and the United States because they could not, you know, tie them down. And even if they manipulated currencies like they do and added debt to other countries and traded that debt, um, that would not affect Russia. So this is why they just use sanctions and Russia just sought to find other people. I mean, they're a big enough country and they can sustain their economy within themselves if they need to, just like we can. We don't need other people. I mean, it's great to import stuff, but bottom line is within our country, we can grow and make anything. We don't need anyone else. Uh, So uh, that's kind of the feeling that they got in regards to Russia being built as a power if they decided to just stop interacting. And it is a threat, uh, considering they're the only ones without debt on the planet. And fact check me, Uh, you know, I, I, I assure you that that's the way it is. And don't forget, they struck that really big deal with Venezuela during the summit in Argentina. And we'll talk about that right after the break. Unfiltered news. Real news. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. This is part two of the Tori Sess show today, uh, of Friday, uh, December 14th, 2018. Uh, Uh, Where we left off on the previous segment was talking about how Russia signed another deal uh, during the summit in Argentina uh, with Venezuela, and it was $5 billion worth of a deal, and it was very underreported. And the reason is it's because it's not in the benefit of people to really understand uh, this uh, energy-dependent, driven, uh, foreign policy every nation has. And it's unfortunate that no one can see this is why the president is backing Saudi Arabia, like I explained in regards to Yemen, Oman, Iran, and the EU. So, aside from China... Venezuela has no partners whatsoever. And you would say China is not the best person to partner with. Yeah, it's not. But they have a thriving economy, even though they have debt. And, um, you know, they're pretty persuasive, especially with countries that's been ousted by all others. Because Venezuela, kind of like the way Turkey was, has been ousted in our era, right? Not in the past, now, which is more effective, because they chose to start to develop their own programs. They didn't want to play with the IMF. They didn't want to play this game anymore. And so, lo and behold, we have a socialist society, not because they chose it, but they were forced into it. And this is how, um, you know, the, the deep state, this organized crime network that is global, it's not just local. And, for you know, and I believe... Honestly, I do believe that when our country was founded, it was founded to become independent, uh, thriving, and to show the world that you don't, have to uh, bully others, we can all coexist, we can all independently compete, you know, healthy competition, right, not unhealthy, kind of like, you know, women's running 50 meter sprint, it should be all women, so it's equal level playing field, having a man identifying as a woman and running, totally not fair, Um, you know, the bodily structures, unfortunately, are different, and for anyone to sit there and say, well, women can do whatever men can do, yes, they can, but genetically, men are predisposed to be more muscular uh, because that was their job, to go hunt. Women were the brains. They did everything. They made babies, and they took care of of everything. That's the way our bodies are physically designed. Anyway, so talking fair races, right? Fair races. It's not fair. There is no fair trade. Uh, You know, what President Trump has been saying is fact. There is no fair trade. You either accept the trade deals that the IMF distributes to you, Or you don't get any trade and you end up like Venezuela. So I was actually quite um, pleased to see that Russia uh, made this deal with Venezuela because they need it. You know, they really, really do need it. And uh, even the president, if you read the transcript of their conversation, said, I know that everything that will happen will be for the better. We've got our feet and we are winning meaning that, you know, he's a little bit more stable now and and, and he can see a little bit more to the future Um, because this is a direct um, translation, I think. Uh, It's not to what it was meant to be. And um, then he goes on to say, we've faced various threats and aggression But we have always learned from these events. Our region has been seen this way for more than a 100 years. I think we have found the point that helps us survive and launch a rather full, comprehensive, and economic program that fully complies with the economic relations between Russia and Venezuela. And I'm sure the results of this meeting will be good news in terms of cooperation between our countries and our economies. And this is him uh, speaking to President Putin. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, President Putin is not a humanitarian. He's looking after his country because he puts Russia first. And they do have an interest. This is an economy that they're entering into a deal. They are investing $5 billion worth of, you know, Russian taxes. Um, So it's an investment. It's kind of like, you know, flipping a house. Uh, You're investing in it because you see potential. And um, people need to start seeing investments from other countries or deals like this as that. Because when Turkey got all this money and they were being invested in by the EU, that investment was purely for their satisfaction and their needs, which was to create pipelines that would take oil from the Middle East and bring it to them. So there is no, I'm just doing it because I'm nice. Obviously, Putin has to stand to gain because he's um, selling them, you know, uh the uh, nuclear power plant idea, um, and he's going to be running it, so obviously he's going to be getting a cut. Uh, so that's that's something that um, is very important to see that now you know, along with Russia, uh, they now have partners. And just like the Chinese investing in Venezuela, It's not, you know, to be um, free. It's to have interest. So in interest, it would be in oil because uh, things that people don't know is uh, countries that um, are ranked to have the highest reserves in oil. Do you know what the top country on the planet is? It's Venezuela and not Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is second. So first is Venezuela. Then it's Saudi Arabia. Third is Canada, right? Then it's Iran, then it's Iraq, then Kuwait, then the UAE, and then Russia, and then Libya, then Nigeria, and then the United States. So these are your top 11. Topped at the top, top is who? Venezuela. Can you guys see how this organized criminal network, this global network that has a headquarters of the United States, headed by the same clowns that are now, um, you know, manifesting Like, we're seeing them. It's like they're naked now. They own our country. They own our Department of Justice. They own our law enforcement. And they're not even hiding it anymore because they can't. And pay attention. We facilitated the fall of Venezuela because what happens? When a country falls apart and breaks down the way Venezuela does, at some point they're like, okay, I give up. My people are all dead. I mean, these people are eating out of garbage and they're still standing tall. Like, if you look at it from that perspective, just look at it. Take a a moment and sit back and think. What if the bullies at your school, let's pretend this is a school, right? All the bullies in the school... Took away any right you had to sit at lunch, to walk in the hallway, to use the toilet, to eat. And you, you know, ended up going into like the janitor's closet to eat your lunch and, you know, go to the bathroom. You and your friends, right? So the whole country of Venezuela right now is in the janitor's closet using it as a bathroom, a lunchroom, you know, and trying to do homework and educate themselves like the rest of the kids are enjoying in the school. So all those bullies have singled them out and they're dying because no one should be put out in the corner like that. And yet Venezuela did. And the only fault they had is that they had more oil than anyone. And don't get me wrong. Saudi Arabia participated, too. I mean, if you knock out Venezuela, they're number one and people are dependent on them. So again, Venezuela is the richest country with no money. Saudi Arabia has less oil, and yet they have golden toilets they pee in. Venezuela has more oil than Saudi Arabia, and they're eating out of garbage cans. Their people can't survive. I want you, you know, whoever is listening to my show, I am going to provide you facts. And I want you to see it from a different perspective, not the perspective of, you know, the American, not the perspective of, you know, the European or the Russian or the Venezuelan. I want you to see it from a perspective of just a person observing. How can you say that the only country on this planet that has the most oil reserves on this planet is in the state that it is right now. It's incredible, right? Think about it. It is completely incredible. And yet we have those countries that everybody treats as enemies, Russia and China, investing in them to give them a leg up. They're the ones that kind of Pull away from the bullies and say, all right, well, I'll help you even though it'll kill my image of being cool by, you know, letting you kind of stay over here and study rather than the janitor's closet. So it's not because they're doing it because they're um, sympathetic. It's because they have an interest. Remember, this country has the most oil and how are they going to reap on that investment by owning you know, the royalties on their oil production. You know, I, I was actually quite surprised that, um, you know, two years into the Trump administration, he hasn't addressed Venezuela. And I think it's because it's a touchy subject, because he's been using Venezuela as an example to people to see what socialism is without telling people, you know, they're in this position because we, we helped put them in that position. We stop trading with them. We stop providing aid to them. Actually, wrong. There is a U.S. aid office there <laughs> that um, pretty much, uh, what is their statement? Promote democracy and political stability um, that supposedly fund, uh, we, we fund areas in Venezuela. Uh, obviously, we fund them to maintain the, the condition that they're in. So anything they try to do He's driven by propaganda, telling people, oh, see, the rich people have you suppressed. Oh, see this. And these rich people, I mean, their president is not rich. That man does not live in a castle. I mean, okay, he has a better residence because that's what presidents have, which is more secure. But think about it. This country has been ousted. They have nothing, yet, you know, if you look at the numbers, they're the richest on the planet. And yet, they're in that condition. So I was kind of surprised that he hasn't touched Venezuela. Maybe he'll do that, um, uh, you know, in his second term. Because this has to be addressed. This is something that um, needs to be addressed correctly. Because, you know, the only reason Venezuela has more reserves, right, is because they don't produce as much oil as other countries. So, like for example, uh, you know Saudi Arabia produces, uh, you know, three times more oil, right, than Venezuela in a year, which means, you know, their lifespan is estimated to run out of reserves within seventy years. Canada uh, produces about hundred and 50% more oil a year than Venezuela. And they're estimated to have about 125 years or something like that of oil before they run out. The United States produces 3,000, um, I would say 3,250 um you know, billions, you know, of gallons of oil. Like, they're, they're what, three, so it would be 325% more than what Venezuela produces. And guess what? Even though they rank number 11 in reserves, our country only has about 10 years before they run out of um, oil at that rate. So, as a country as a nation that is oil dependent, it would make sense that we create relations with these, con- with these countries like Saudi Arabia, like Venezuela, who is estimated to have, uh, you know, over 350 years worth of oil reserves. Um, whereas the average for all others is, you know, 50, you know, there's countries that have five years on the books, uh, 50 years on the books, 30, 40, you know, only, only Canada, Iran, um, and, uh, Libya, I think, are the ones that have, you know, around 100, 110, 20 uh, years left in oil. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm a self-proclaimed expert. I am not an oil and, and gas uh, expert. I did at one point hold a queue clearance, um, you know, because I, I, I worked uh, uh, in that field for a very little bit. But for me, uh, I, I follow the money because, you know, oil is money and and this is how i can i can express this to you in the easiest fashion that i can so you understand uh foreign policies globally and understand where we stand as a nation uh so venezuela you know is is key here uh we should we should look at that as a as an example to understand what happens when you defy uh the organized criminal network And that's headquartered out of our country. So having said that, this vote really disappointed me. The fact that we have seven so-called Republicans literally showing that they're Iranophiles because for us to pull out of Yemen is helping Iran. I would expect no less because, you know, they've been sent cash, money, not all of it. I don't think that the $150 only went to Iran. Billion. And it didn't just go to them. It went everywhere. And people lack the ability to discern facts from fiction. People lack to be able to remove themselves and, and, and see things just as a person. Not as, you know, an American, not as, you know, a Democrat, a Republican, a woman or a man, just a person. Look at the facts. Step back and take a look and see what's going on because this is what we're lacking. And and like I said yesterday on my show, uh, the reason President Trump is successful is because he's provided the avenues to people like you and I to look at things differently. He's provided us the information by giving us direct statements, direct opinions, right, through Twitter, through his announcements, um, you know, through the emailings you get if you've signed up, where he tells you what's really going on. And it's up to you to discern what he's really telling you. And um, the reason he's done this is because you cannot rely on the press The press is no longer the free press. They don't provide you the facts. They don't provide you the knowledge. See, a good reporter, right, would say, oh, we have this Yemen situation. Here's what's really going on in Yemen. And this is what's going on. So we're in a bit of a pickle. Do we side with Saudi Arabia or do we side with Iran? Because basically the vote today, and I will be publishing that, is just a confirmation that they are pro-Iran, Because the only one that benefits is Iran. It's all about oil. And Khashoggi, uh, you know, was in Turkey. And at the bottom line, all this oil is going to Turkey. So, you know, again, we need to be paying attention to who our real allies are. Our allies are the countries that want to be independent, that want to compete. Healthy competition, right? Right. That don't want to dominate the world. I mean, gone are the days, except for maybe the Chinese, because I could picture them still saying it, you know, in their little minds. But um, gone is the times where people would be like, oh, what if our country was the whole planet? I think those days are pretty much gone. People are happy with their country. Uh, They don't feel the need to take over others because we've evolved as humans like that to respect boundaries. Boundaries that were predetermined before we were able to respect boundaries. So, you know, it's not like tomorrow we'll say, well, guess what? We're going to take over Mexico now because we feel they need a little bit of United States. You know, that used to fly 300, 400 years ago. It doesn't fly today. So there is no concern that Russia becoming a power, which they already are, China becoming a power, which they already are, or Japan are going to want to take over the world like Hitler the only people that are trying to take over the world like hitler are the globalists which are indeed still subscribing to the idea of not respecting boundaries of not you know <laughs> giving any notion to to sovereignty they believe that we should all be one nation under one rule You know, if President Trump wasn't president, we'd be closer to that than you think. And I've said it before. You know, we saw it in front of our eyes in 2016. Obama was at a meeting. Uh, He had a a conference uh, with the Prime Minister of Canada and the Mexican president where they sat and talked about the North American Union. I mean, they were rolling it out. I mean, Europe already rolled it out. Start with North America, move it over to South America, make it all the Americas, then it'll be the Americas and Europe, take over Russia, it'll be Eurasia and the Americas, and then, you know, we'll keep the slaves down in Africa because they're doing that. And I, I was speaking with a friend earlier today, and, you know, why can't we throw a, a bit of a bone to Africa? Not yet. Because even the guy, the countries that are fighting against globalism are using them as slaves, Ask yourself, you think they're not? Why do you think they have not giving them power? Would it cost us much to run power lines there? To give them internet there? Wouldn't cost us much. But we wouldn't be able to get cheap labor to mine their own mines and take it. So that way we can feed their kings. You know, politics is is very complicated. And um once you start studying the topics of, uh, you know, history, geopolitics, foreign policy, and all, you start to formulate an opinion. My opinion is, you know, it's the globalists against just regular people. And President Trump is representing the regular people, and like it or not, China is representing the regular people. Obviously, though, keep in mind, the Chinese like to have immense control over their own people. Uh, This is a cultural thing, okay? This is about honor and respect, right? And this is why they're rolling out things like monitoring the information they have and, uh, you know, and what they can do and their social citizen scores and uh, keeping them in check. Uh, Because they like control and they like that old school, you know, um, emperor type mentality where you just bow down to your government, And it's a cultural thing. And what they fear is that their culture will die if they become, you know, westernized, which, you know, happens because it's called evolution, social evolution. Uh, So that is their fear. And this is why they're taking more extreme steps, which is completely wrong, because it will blow up in their face. They have the majority of the planet's population living in their country. At some point, all of those people will get really, really upset and break away if they can. And that's where, you know, the other countries that will be thriving uh, may feel the need to step in. Uh, but do you is the question. It would be the human thing to, you know, enforce what is um Uh, I would say, you know, that social justice that we feel as humans to others, uh, the need to help the others. But that would be, you know, kind of touchy to say, well, China, you're doing it wrong and and you need to fix this and drop the regime. This is why we're in this mess in the first place. So it'll come to a point somewhere in the future where we're going to have to decide this. If we're going to impose... Western mentality and change a culture because they've taken it to the extreme because there's dictatorship. I mean, it, it will lead there. I mean, China today may be a solid ally. And we are, and we see that our president is trying to exclude any of those things that they're implementing in our country. We saw that during the Google hearing when they were asked, have you been working on a project to... um Censor information that can be accessed by Chinese citizens. Have you worked with them to create this social citizen scoring? You know, all these things are coming, and other countries are preventing it. They're trying to prevent it, so it doesn't spill over. But I think the globalists are finding it very attractive, And that scares China, too, because if the globalists have it and they have it, then it's just a matter of time before the whole globe gets together and takes over China. And then and then you fall into that, you know, cyclical history repeats itself cycle where people start to mind their own business. And then again, they get into everybody other's business because they think they're better than the other person. And and it's just, you know, it's just chasing your tail, basically. Uh, So. One thing we have to keep in mind is that when our president tells us something or when he tells us uh, by his actions of what he supports and what he doesn't support, you need to look at it from a more macro perspective. Uh, He's not a micromanager. He's a macromanager. And he thinks long term and he thinks on a macro scale. Kind of like why he's, you know, pushing this border. And that's what I'd like to discuss in my last segment after the break. We'll just discuss the border and listen to what the Democrats are saying when our president is talking about the wall, talking about security, talking about sovereignty and maintaining peace in our nation. And how he got them to say that national security is of interest to them, but it's inhumane to have a wall. You know that that can't coexist. You can't say that it's imperative for national security, but it's also inhumane. Uh, you know, uh, it's which one is it? Is it inhumane to who? Inhumane that you won't let them in because you're not killing anyone. You're just not letting them in. So I, I'd like to deconstruct what happened with um, Chuck the Smuck and Pelosi after the break.
5: Hey, this is Leonora Criveder from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a 4-pack Special with two premium, standard, or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194. Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own.
0: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. All right, so we're back. So we were going to deconstruct the wall, national security, right? Uh, But in the meantime, I was just kind of taking a look at um, the tweets during the break uh, that our president sent out, which are great. Uh, So the first one, obviously, is uh, China just announced that their economy is growing much slower than anticipated because of our trade war with them. They have just suspended U.S. tariff hikes. U.S. is doing very well. China wants to make a big and very comprehensive deal. It could happen, and rather soon. So we were just talking about China and what direction they're going to and how it's their culture to act the way they do. Because when people, you know, decide that their culture is better than the other and they need to impose it, that's wrong. Uh, You have to respect people's boundaries. You have to respect people's culture. And China is a very longstanding nation, for eons, before the idea of the United States ever, you know, uh, came up, they existed. While people were hunting, uh, you know, in in trees, you know, they had restaurants. Um, so, uh, th- you know, this is a big deal because China is realizing that, you know, it's hindering them. They can't grow without the United States. And the United States can grow without them. But here's where it gets real interesting. Tim Cook from Apple tweeted Proud to announce our newest campus in Austin. There, along with plans for new sites in Seattle, San Diego, Culver City, California, as Apple expands operations and creates thousands of jobs across the U.S. So, Donald Trump retweeted this. So our president said, thank you, Tim Cook, for agreeing to expand operations in the, in the U.S. and thereby creating thousands of jobs. Ask yourself, why did Apple do this? Why are they creating more jobs? Why are they creating more campuses? That's a question you need to ask yourself. Why? Because the tariffs and the deals that we're working out with China will cost them a lot of money if they do not have the foundations to build their technology within our country. And the reason is because of this Hawaii thing. See, a lot of people don't know what's going on and I'll talk about it tomorrow because I've researched this and, uh, this is something that has happened in the past and I'm smirking while I'm saying this totally went undetected, but, The whole reason as to why we confiscated phones and not is because the Chinese at those factories found a way to infiltrate the actual tech, either by agreement with Apple, oops, either by agreement with a company that's manufacturing phones there or not. They were able to manipulate their products. Many products of many manufacturers, actually, so that way they can collect data on American citizens Now that is a violation of privacy, and he talked about it, and he talked about intellectual property too, because this is how you source intellectual <laughs> let 's just leave it at that, and we 'll get to that tomorrow and talk about how huge that announcement is because it it is pretty incredible. Uh, to see it in action. Now let's listen to a portion of this uh, Nancy and (laughs) um, Chuck, the schmuck. schmuck. I I can't stand Chuck. He reminds me of... Oh, this is going to sound really... Well, no, I don't care if it sounds mean, actually. Um, He reminds me of the the original It Clown. Uh, When I see him, I think clown. Uh, And I also think, you know, um, Penguin from Batman, the villain. He reminds me of him, too. I don't know. I Just, just looking at him, it's like, I, I don't want to talk to you. you you're, you're not nice. I don't know. It, I just don't like him. But anyway, let's listen to what he has to say.
6: Security will shut down the government. This country needs border security. The wall is a part of border security. Let's have a talk. We're going to get the wall built, and we've done a lot of wall already.
1: It's a big section. It's a
6: big part of it everything that you need? It's a big part of it. We need to have effective border security. We need a wall in certain parts. No, not in all parts, but in certain parts of a 2,000-mile border. We need a wall. How
3: much
6: money? We are doing it much under budget. We're actually way under budget on the areas that we've renovated and areas that we've built. Uh, I would say if we got – if we got $5 billion, we could do a tremendous chunk of wool. Is that
1: is that you that is to, to accept less, though, and are your guests? Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Look, we
6: have to have the wool. This isn't a question. This is a national emergency. Drugs are pouring into our country. People with tremendous medical difficulty and medical problems are pouring in, and in many, in many cases it's contagious. They're pouring into our country. We have to have.
0: Okay, just pay attention to what he's saying. He's saying that we need this wall because they're pouring in drugs. We've got human and child trafficking. But he's talking about diseases. And I talked about this on a previous show. And I want to remind you all, for those that haven't listened to my show before because I'm in a new time slot, that the reason that we had the plague back in the day, you know, the black death that happened. You know, people will tell you, you know, it came from rats and whatnot. It came from migration, because there was a mass migra- migration from the east. The Mongolians, the Chinese, the Ottomans, they infiltrated Europe. During this really dark period, um, at the dark ages as they call it, from the 1300s to about the 1500s. 16, I would say. Totally dark ages. Not a lot on paper. We're kind of filling in the blanks. Honestly, people are not paying attention. This is why we got diseases. This is why we had Mass death, because the people in Mongolia, the people in China, the people in, uh, you know, in uh, in Asia in general, are exposed to different elements. I mean, we have animals that don't exist anywhere on the planet, but they exist in Australia. So obviously, the people that have been born and raised in Australia have a tolerance for other things. So that goes the same for bacteria. Some bacteria that may thrive in the European uh, continent may not thrive in asia and those that are in asia have not moved over to 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 europe i mean come on guys when you go through an airplane with customs you're not allowed to bring fruit or you know a flowering plant or meat and it's or a live animal i guess unless they've been quarantined because they're exposed to different diseases different bacteria, and they bring them here and infect us this is how we get like you know spiders that are in south america uh, that are not native here, they may come here and take over or kill plantations because our plants here or our actual being here hasn't dealt with that uh, insect or that bacterium. So what he is saying makes one million percent sense, and people are constantly that's so wrong. you're trying to say that everybody's sick. No, it's fact. You know, we don't have piranhas in North America. They have them in South America. If you bring a piranha family and you drop it in the Missouri River, who knows what happens? Suddenly, we don't have fish. It's because they shouldn't be here. They don't belong here. They have been, you know, they've thrived and exist in another portion of the planet. You know, this is why we have something called diversity. And this is why we have different geographical areas. We don't see kangaroos hanging out in Minnesota. So, let's listen further to what he says.
6: Border security. We have to have a wall as part of border security, and I don't think we really disagree so much. I also know that, you know, Nancy's in a situation where it's not easy for her to talk right now, and I understand that, and I fully understand that. We're going to have a good discussion, and we're going to see what happens,
2: but we have to have border security. Mr. President, please don't characterize the strength that I bring to this meeting as the leader of the House Democrats who just won a big victory. Elections have
3: consequences. consequences. Wait a
0: minute. What'd she say? Uh, What? And, uh, guys, during this um, interview, let's just say Pence was, like, super funny. Like, he was half asleep. He didn't know what to say. And President Trump was just setting up traps to make him look dumb. She was like, please don't categorize, (laughs) categorize me for making this big win, you know, and being the speaker Listen to this. Mr. President.
6: President. That's
2: right, And that's why the country is doing so well.
0: So just so you understand, while she's saying this and raising her hand for attention, uh, Chuck, the the schmuck, and the president are having sidebar. uh, But they decided, you know, since she's imposing again with her hands, let's listen to what she has to say. ...presenting his
2: cards over there are not factual. We have to have an evidence-based conversation about what does work, what money has been spent, and how effective it is. This, isn't deba- this is not about the security of our country, to take an oath to protect and defend. And we don't want to have that mischaracterized by anyone. And I we agree are, with you. Uh, no, no, I agree with you. Co- so let us have a conversation where we don't have to contradict in public the statistics that you...
0: Okay, so uh, I don't believe the president, she says. He's just saying things, no facts. We need to have an evidence-based conversation about what works. Okay, let's talk about what works without going through Google Scholar or plowing through academic journals. Let's just talk about stuff we already know. Walls work. From the beginning of time when there were wars, what is the first thing a big city does? It builds a wall to protect itself. It builds a wall to regulate who's allowed in their city and who is not. It builds a wall so they can fire and aim and protecting their people at the same time. And if the wall wasn't enough, they'd put a moot. So the the bottom line is walls have always worked since forever, ever, ever. And Nancy is completely blowing smoke, saying we need facts. Facts are every single movie you'll see about wars in the past and actual structures that are still alive today and that have stood the test of time and wear and tear and earthquakes have what? Big, beautiful walls. So those walls not only protected the people inside from attacks coming in from the outside, but also people that would send in enemies. And let's remember the best example of a wall that failed because of one sneaky thing a Greek did, the Trojan horse. So because the wall was so big and so grand and nobody can penetrate that city, They decided to disguise a gift to penetrate the wall. They tried to sneak in uh, the people that were going to take down the city and, you know, take over basically. So they had to resort to masking themselves as something else to come in in this big horse. So that even shows that even though this big, beautiful wall that was built has one sore point, how do you know that that horse that's coming through is really just a horse? And that is something that we will address with questions. But, you know, it's 2018 now. We have something called fingerprints, social media, and, you know, identity tracking. So that won't be a problem. So now that that Trojan horse part is eliminated, the wall stands. This is what we need—a big, beautiful wall. Every city, since forever, ever, ever, that is has, uh, you know, defended itself, has had a wall. So, Nancy, there's some evidence right there. Walls always work to keep out things we don't want.
2: Put forth, but instead can have a conversation about what will really work and what the American people deserve from us at this uncertain time in their lives. One thing I think we
6: can agree on is we shouldn't shut down the government over a dispute and you want to shut it down. You keep talking about it. The last time, Chuck, you shut it down. No, no, no. And then you opened it up very quickly. 20 times. I don't want to do what you did. 20 times you have called for, I will shut down the government if I don't get my wool. None of us have You want to know something? You've said it. Okay, you want to put that on my I'll take it. Okay, Okay, good.
0: Okay, guys, the body language was perfect. So Chuck is telling him, you know, you're constantly saying you're going to shut down the government. You're going to shut down the government. Yeah, you said it. And he's even pounding his fist. Schumer is pounding his fist and saying you did it. You know, here's them, you know, obviously throughout this conversation because it's a 10-minute conversation. And we're only um, breaking down the last few minutes. Uh, you know, they're asking not to do it in the public eye like Nancy said. We should sit down and kind of talk about it in private. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to call you out. He's like, all right, you want me to own it? I'll own it. I'll own shutting it down to get a wall, because we need a wall.
6: You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, one way or the other, there you go. through you, through a military, through anything you want to call, I will shut down the government. Okay, Absolutely. fair enough. And we I am disagree. proud, and I'll we tell disagree. you what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security. So am I. Because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems— and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. <laughs> I will take the mantle that, of shutting down. And
3: crazy. I'm going to shut
6: it down for border security. But we security. believe you shouldn't okay. shut it down.
3: Well, Thank you very much, everybody. Thank
6: you. <laughs>
0: Okay. So that was pretty interesting, show, right? So basically not. he said, I'll shut it down. I'll take I'll take the responsibility and say that I got it shut down. And I'm okay with that. And and yes, we want you to shut it down. Shut it down. You have the money to fund the military with all these little omnibuses that you that have been signed. You've got the money to do it. So shut it down. Let them be without money. Let them not have money to provide to these crazy, you know, different agencies. Guys, if you actually do a search and find out how many agencies we have that are bleeding money, you will be pulling your hair out. My deep dive into USAID, which is an agency, a federal agency that's funded by our taxes, is insane. We're spending $50 million in this country, another 50 here, 120 here. I mean, like, where are they getting all these millions and millions of dollars? Can we not shut them down? I'm not understanding what their purpose is aside from meddling with other countries, right? Why don't we shut them down and take their money and allocate it to a big, beautiful wall that has obviously from forever, ever, ever, from the beginning of history, even cavemen used to build walls to protect their cities or their nations because their nations were just, you know, like five families or whatever, right? They used to build walls. But for some reason in 2018, they're not supposed to be effective. Well, what is effective? Letting people come in? How many people are we going to sign up to the border? Are we going to have, you know, uh, troops hold hands uh, along the stretch? Are we insane? A wall will be just fine. A wall will eliminate human and child trafficking. That is number one. You know underreported things that have that, that flown under the radar? All these people in Texas suddenly getting arrested for having house slaves. One woman even stated that, you know, she bought her house slave when she was 12. The girl now is 31, and she's never been outside the house. They just read Bible scriptures, and, 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 and they tend to this woman. And she bought them from Mexico. When you ask this woman what she did for this lady, aside from clean, read Bible scriptures, cook, bathe her, uh, she was forced to enact in sexual acts, either to her and, and whoever she was entertaining. She was her slave. And this is circling back to what I've been saying. The Democrats have always been very salty with Abraham Lincoln taking away their slaves. So they had to revamp it, you know, like what they're doing right now in front of our faces is revamping definitions. Well, immigration is the new slavery, illegal immigration is the new slavery, and then they'll move it on to the legal immigration is uh you know uh the new slavery because right now they need the illegal immigration so they can build up that um uh you know network oh, I wouldn't say network, I would say that um. Demographic, where they can't work because they're not legal and they work, but they have to commit crimes to work illegally, you know, to actually have a real job. So they're just doing side jobs. So they'll just do anything, either that be prostitution, uh, drug dealing, uh, you know, being um, couriers, you know, for either human couriers or drug couriers, right? Uh, picking on farms, housework. You know, kind of like that chick on The View said, who's going to be cleaning my toilet if they don't, what? There you go, showing exactly why you're angry. This is what the Democrats subscribe for. They want their slaves. Again, read the newspapers from the (coughs) mid-1800s to the beginning of the 1900s, just how angry they were that they weren't allowed to have slaves. So they revamped it. In illegal immigration. And then when they would be at a point where, you know, the capacity has come to a point where they can control and create that solid segregation, that's when they'd build a wall and selectively choose the slaves that they would allow in the country. I mean, that's how you uh, create slavery. And people don't like to, to say that. You know, if, if I was President Trump, I'd be like, come on, man, why do you want illegal immigrants? Why do you say, like, ask, you know, if I had Nancy, tell me why you think we should let every single person that comes to our border in. Just answer that question. She'll say they have the right to no, know they don't by law. But why? If they can't work because they're not legal, if they can't speak our language, and if they can't integrate easily, how is that benefiting the rest of the country? And the fact that we don't know who they are and what they did to get to where they are, because there's stories that will blow your mind of people traveling with children and literally to these coyotes, you know, lending out their kids so they can have sex with them so they can take them to the next point. And these kids justify that action with the hopes of coming to America like these are the people that we want in our country. These adults that would use children as a mean to get to a border or these children that have that have, um, I would say, justified such abuse. So they've been raised with the idea that you raping a kid is no big deal as long as you get something. These are the people we want in our country. I'm just saying from that perspective. We need a wall and we need the wall like yesterday. That way we can control what comes in and what goes out in our country. And the one thing you have to think is they don't want a wall. So what is it that is going to stop? What industry for them stops aside from the illegal immigrants and those votes that come along with them? What is that industry? Is it the slaves? The, the the illegal immigrants being their slaves and their, um, you know, low paid workers, because we hear people that are middle class, middle class saying, well, you know, it's who's going to do the jobs that they do. And it's like, why are you demeaning a job? Cleaning a toilet and cleaning a house isn't a demeaning job, man. I wish I was good at that. There aren't a lot of people that are really good at that. Some cleaners are not really cleaners. Other people are just really good at doing that. I'm not. That's a skill. And people will say whatever they want. Well, what do you mean you can't clean? Well, I'm just not as, you know, as organized. You know, I'd, I'd love to hire someone if I would be afforded the opportunity to organize my stuff and clean for me. Because even when I mop the floor, it's not going to be as perfect as a professional. So it's not a demeaning job. So anyone saying that those are measly jobs is, is, is just showing why they want illegal immigration. Oh, fruit picking. Who's going to do that? Well, I did it. I was on a kibbutz for a while in Israel. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed picking fruit to survive and eat. You know, that's kind of like you would say kind of like an air quote. It wasn't like a you work to live there. You know, that's basically what a kibbutz is. I mean, I'm not Jewish. Uh, my late brother was, uh, but I, I went to uh, Jerusalem, Haifa, a um, you know, and enjoyed the culture. And, uh, you know, going to this kibbutz for a couple months was great. I learned a lot and I didn't mind picking fruit. It was great. I was in great shape, too. Like my arms were awesome. I mean, that wasn't a demeaning job. People can do that. Students can do that. Kids can do it on the side. It doesn't have to be an illegal immigrant. What happened to actual honest work? What are people afraid of? Because we have to think, okay, they want the illegal immigrants because they want the votes. Forget the votes. What else? What other industry is that wall going to kill for them? I mean, we already know that it was our own government back in the 80s that was bringing the cocaine. This is why everyone was crazy about cocaine in the 80s. Because Noriega, Bush, Clinton, Justice Roberts... All of them ran this dope ink, bringing it in. And I wrote the expose on William Barr where uh, there is Department of Defense chits showing that he was at a resort in Costa Rica having drinks with Noriega trying to find out where the $100 million was missing from during the drug runs. So, you know, this mafia, this organized criminal network that plays to be our government is nothing but that thugs, gangsters, and they're disgusting. And their time is up. And it's not a conspiracy. As my friend Michael Coachman said, it's not a conspiracy. It's called a pattern, it's called a trend. These are mobsters, and it's time to expose them. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay healthy, stay happy, and get ready for those Christmas celebrations. Have a great day.